Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, welcome back once again to the Corridor cast. I'm really excited today because we've got Sam at the table, we've got Nick, and we've also got Wes, our buddy who's been in our studio lately helping us with all kinds of good things. So everyone, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks, Um, thanks, Jake. Yeah, hey, you're welcome. And you may have noticed that all of us today are wearing classy-ass shirts. You guys look Amazing. We all look amazing. Yeah. Now, these shirts, well, they're brought to you by today's sponsor. Now, more on them later, but basically all you need to know is that Mac Weldon provided them. And Mm. if you want to feel like you're naked while looking like a million dollars, well, guess what? We've got the site for you. So thanks to them for sponsoring more on that later. Yeah, look for them in your local manswear section. Yeah, if you man's are wear. Yeah, if you're in a <laughs> any department store, just walk up to an associate and say, "Hey, um where do you keep your manswear? <laughs> Bring me to your manswear." Yeah, not underwear, but I mean, manswear. Say, say words and just say wear man's. Wear wear man's manswear. <laughs> awesome. Wear man's wear. Yeah, and it'll take they'll take you there. Uh so anyway, um that's going to be great. I I can't wait to wear this shirt the rest of the day. Yeah. Uh all right, let's jump into it. Yeah. Let's um, jump into it. Yeah, let's so we it. got some interesting things that have happened the last week. It's been an interesting week of news. Um and uh, we wanted to start with a topic today that's, uh, I don't know if it's near and dear to our hearts, but we maybe have a little bit more... From a proximity perspective, it's yeah, near and dear. Yeah, so uh, the, the Trump administration it has moved to uh, ban flavored e-cigarettes. Oh, man. Um, and uh, looks like, I'll, well, I'll just give you the breakdown. First, um, first so, off, who is the Trump administration? I keep hearing question. this. Everyone says the Trump administration. Well, it's, it's like, all right. It's the executive branch yeah. of the gov- federal government. Sure, so, That's so what it is. is it like the, the head of the <laughs> FDA? Who, well, yeah, the, the, the FDA. Is an ex- is part of the executive branch. I and know. So, it's a group of people who are about to get fired or let go, uh, depending on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just can't. I just, zing. <laughs> I know. We're talking. About, I, I, I'm sorry. Do you want me to break this down for you real quick? I'll break it down real quick. We got the time. All right. So here's how the federal government works, real quick. Um, <laughs> I just woo, I just mean it's. No, no, I, no, I'm you, just sick of hearing look, it as a blanket uh, statement well, for anything the government does these days. It's basically. not a blanket statement for anything the government the does. Trump it's, it's, it's the executive branch of the federal government basically the, the so just the way that government works real quick so there's three branches you've all heard this in civics class mm-hmm. the legislature which is congress and the house makes the laws and then the executive branch enforces them and the judicial branch makes sure that they're in line with the rest of the law so the executive branch is the only branch of government where you have one person at the top the president who can say, hey, FDA, you're under my branch of government. Do this. Okay. You're right. The FDA is part of the executive branch, yes. so on and so forth. I now fully understand. So that's what they mean when they say the Trump administration, because someone from the Trump administration, probably the uh, the uh, health general, said, hey, the these, attorney, these are bad. Yeah, the, and the surgeon general. The surgeon general. Yeah. And FDA, let's do something about it. Isn't it cool how the surgeon general is like a military dude? 
Hey, are dope. they? Yeah. Does he wear a lab coat? With Isn't like he? The surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does surgery. <laughs> like a doctor's. I'm just trying to uh, like. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Look. look oh, look, look at him. Yeah. He's got. He's got a full on military Do they have uniform. Be from the military, though. I, I don't know, but it's does pretty intense, and it it brings a lot of legitimacy to the position. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, the military brings legitimacy to but, all kinds of things. I don't yeah. understand why they call him the Surgeon General. Because it comes from like you're the head he's, of health. He's the general of surgeons. So, so like a four star like surgeon. The, the Attorney okay. General is the head of <laughs> of the legal arm okay. of the executive yeah, branch. Actually. The Surgeon General is the head of the medical. Okay. Because back in the day, it's like, oh, you're a surgeon. Yeah. You know, okay. so the same Got thing you. applies today. All right. So um, anyway, they ban, they're going to ban e-cigarettes, and it looks like it's going to take the FDA, not, not, not all, flavored. flavored. And it's going to take the FDA about, uh, it's going to take about 30 days for this to hit the market. Well, um, well why, hmm. are they, why are they, so why are they doing it? That's why, a good why are they banning it? Well, because that's a good question. Uh, there's been uh, an outbreak recently oh god in um in mysterious lung disease and uh it's not that mysterious okay so so nick nick's already coming in hot with this um his brother nick your brother well owns a juice company yes so an e-juice company well, let me let me just There's... let's finish the story quick let's let's just at least set the stakes here so supposedly well the u.s health officials are calling this an epidemic it has a mysterious lung disease that is relating to related to vaping has sickened hundreds of people and killed at least six people yeah. so so they say that's 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 what's being reported that's, that's scary it, yeah. it's really scary to read something like that um especially if you vape or you know right you smoke yeah as well. um i mean I, I i got a call from my girlfriend she vapes uh she did smoke and then i got her to start vaping yeah and it's helped her in many ways but i'd rather her not do it right of course right you guys realize this is the death of vape tricks Oh, dude, what are you I really enjoy it. How am I going to be a pro vapor? <laughs> you know? Oh, man. What am I going to do? This, this says this kid um, has the lungs of a 70-year-old from yeah. vaping over a year. That's that's what it says for sure. Um, but the context, I think, is what's really missing in most of these, like, well, outrage Let's give it some context. Articles. Let's so, give it some context. I, I, sure. I would love some context. This is from CNBC, by the way. It's not, like, some off-the-branch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get the call from uh, my girlfriend. She's kind of like, you know, I could tell she was kind of upset. She's like, hey, my mom just sent me this article. It's serious. These vapes are killing people. I'm going to stop vaping like today. I'm like, okay, okay, well, that's great. I support that. Gave my brother a call just to see because like, you know, he, it might seem like I'm biased. My brother has, he started, I think six years ago, an e-juice company back when like vape tricks were like, you know, the thing. Where yeah, the height their, of vape tricks. The height of the vape culture. Like, back right when, when, we, vape right, back when we made vape God. Yes, exactly. It was like right, <laughs> right around there. And like, it, it's turned into basically, they have created a competitor to like the, um, the Juul, which yeah. is like, I guess the most mainstream, yeah. you know, nicotine vaporizer yeah. um, mm -hmm. product. Mm-hmm. Um, they're called Baton. Sorry, you can cut that if you want. But that's uh, fine. They basically have been in the space, so you know. And his job is to put out these media fires. I mean, I think scrutiny is great when it comes to to nicotine products. I don't recommend anyone do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that there should be certain regulations on these things. Right now, it's a widely unregulated uh, like market. market. Yeah, mm -hmm. like it's it's literally the wild west, which mm -hmm. is good for small businesses. It's really bad you know for for the big corporations and stuff so mm -hmm. well you know in a weird way though it it um you know like there is when anyone who starts a company you, you make products that don't kill people so that way 
they continue buying your products because yeah. if you are known for selling stuff that kills people you don't get business yeah you know and i think a lot of the industry over the last few years like this has been around since like 20 2011 is right when they started when the you know, first vape was forged so yeah. you know we've, <laughs> we we have a we have i mean yeah there's years of I well, not necessarily had, data here i remember when someone had one on an airplane one time back in like 2010 they oh, wow. and then they were like oh it's just water vapor uh, yeah. so it was like okay that's weird Anyway, sorry. Go so there's ahead, a big Sam. thing that um, I think is worth pointing out with this. Um, they are basically citing that there are hundreds of potential cases of this, and then at least six deaths that are attributed mm. to, quote-unquote, vaping. Now, okay, so the hundreds of cases, we have no idea what's going on, but the ones that where people have died, most of, I think, uh, uh, just, just as a cursory glance here, these people are, uh, are people with pre-existing underlying health conditions mm-hmm. and are already like suffering from complications with other mm-hmm. other things. So this factor of vaping combined with these other health things is quote unquote causing them to die. So there's there, there's also another crucial. Th- sorry, um, f- finish your thought. Um, so I'm just saying like it's it's a little bit unclear. Like right now it's like we're we're calling for a full on ban on something before actually understanding if it's the source of the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's just a, it's a little head. I mean, I'm down to study it. I'm down to get the data. I'm down to make calls on it. But once again, we're like, they literally haven't even released full data on what the heck is even going on. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, I, I understand there's like a, there's a panic that happens whenever something like this happens. Cause like you don't have the data, you don't have even time to do research on what the effects of vaping are on people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but so I called, so back to the, like, yeah. I, I was like, all right, calm down. You know, like I'm going to call my brother just because he's he's of course been doing research on it like this is you know yeah this is threatening to shut down his business and so i call him and he says he points me to a couple articles i believe there was one i think it was the new york times or the washington post one of those uh, we, we can find it and link it but mm. it basically pointed out that these i think five deaths that had happened all kind of in a, a similar time span were all they there was one thing they found the vapes they were they were using that they think caused these symptoms were all knockoff THC vapes and so yes. not nicotine. Yes. They were THC vapes made unaffi- like non-regulated. Like here in California, we have certain regulations yes. for these products. These were all made as black market products and then sold on the street, and they all were cut. Yes. And, and, and Cut meaning what? Like cut, like a, like a cocaine dealer cuts his cocaine with baby powder. Mm-hmm. These vapes, they, the juice was cut. The juice was literally cut by these people trying to make more profit with vitamin E oil. Yes. Wow. This is the thing I was also wanting to bring up. All these people suffering from these problems That's, are also smoking these like rip off THC ones. There's a really, yeah. really well documented case of a 21 year old kid who was vaping and was hospitalized for two weeks. They found a thing called, um, I think it was called lipid laden macrophages. And basically, it's what happens when you're smoking all this, you're, you're inhaling all this oil, and the 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 issue is this oil goes into your immune cells, basically. Ugh. So, lipid, and is that like fat cells or basically, like, if you just wow. imagine like, like big oily nodes? drops Ugh. in your immune cells. Um, so, anyways, I'm not an expert on the science, but the thing is, is that in that specific case, there was a THC vape involved mm. with it, and this is not like the jewel stuff this is not your 7-eleven 
stuff. Like this is your janky off market stuff. This ain't your high quality Seven Eleven over the counter vape. This is your dirty, <laughs> dirty cut street vape. But yeah. once again, it's I'm, I'm like I'm not a proponent of vaping. I don't think people should be addicted to nicotine. I I have done it in the past. I'm not a regular user of this stuff, so I'm not condoning it by any means. But what I really, really, really hate is bogus. BS science and basically yeah. like reactionary laws to, to, to headlines like this. Yeah. We, yeah, reactionary laws are, they can destroy nations. Yeah. Um, they should not be. It's collective punishment. Yeah. Reactionary Seriously. laws are kind of the worst thing ever. Um, so I'm not in favor of reactionary laws either, but uh, like there's, there, I think there are a couple things that you can say are true about this, which is number one, there's been a huge increase in in people under eighteen yeah, using definitely. vaping. Yeah, so that's right away. Like, I don't think anyone's questioning that. No, and then secondarily, part of that is due to the fact that these are flavored. Like, they're, you know, it's not. Everyone's tried the tobacco flavor vape, and guess what? It doesn't taste very good. Yeah, you know, you should get the citrus bubblegum one. It tastes yeah. a lot better. Well, sure. I mean, but it's That's basically like the first thing you discover when you start vaping, as a person who used to vape. Yeah. yeah well, it's like a, it's also this. You know, the, the the fact is, we live in a society now where ten ten years ago, if you wanted to, you know, smoke some cigarettes at school or whatever, you know, you'd have to bring some actual cigarettes and find an actual place to smoke them. Mm-hmm. And now uh, we've smoking in the boys' room. We, yeah, Classic. now we've completely Classics. flipped it, where it's basically all right. Now you can basically bring these tiny vaporizers anywhere. You can smoke in the bathroom. You can take a puff in the library, and blah blah. blah. So it's completely like, like basically, it, it's opened the door to everything we're like taught and fighting against. Yeah. You know, for kids to you know do Dude, or not do now the vapes are in the library even the nerds are so, smoking. so, so there's an issue yeah even the nerds are vaping well, in, used in the to, science I mean, fiction it, just to bring that back to the smoking thing uh i believe up until like the early 90s at least in minnesota if you were 18 and you were in high school you could go outside and smoke during passing time yeah. probably yeah um, but obviously but they banned my high school that, had the same thing they had a, a quad that was for smoking yeah um I think it was like I think they like outlawed it like two so you years guys before. Were all I was cigarette there. <laughs> at one point. What's up? I, you guys no, I was. I, I used to. I, well, I started doing nicotine products when I was like fourteen. Oh wow! Um, when I used to chew tobacco, and then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, you're a badass. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> yeah, but then you get older, and you're like, oh, this is not good for me. Do you actually inhale the vape like into your lungs? I, I've never vaped before. Yeah. Or is it just kind of like it sits yeah. in your mouth? Yeah, yeah. you inhale it. Okay. You yeah. inhale it, and it's also, I mean, these vapes compared to cigarette or even, like, the mod vapes, they're, like, it's way more concentrated nicotine, Does which is another concern that people have. Like, uh, me, yes, because I don't use it a lot. So, like, if I use, like, my girlfriend's vape, like, just because, because um, the flavor is so dang good, yeah. like, sometimes. Right. Like, See, that's <laughs> what I mean. That's it's weird. what I mean. It's, like, waffle-flavored, like, syrup. It smells like you you just walked into a diner. Yeah. And, like, they got a fresh plate of flapjacks for you. It's that Waffle House blend. Mm. It's so funny, dude, like. Random people will comment on it. She'll be, she'll like puff, and then like someone will be like, pancakes. Breakfast. <laughs> it's so funny, dude. But so, and it, then it's the, way more concentrated. The other, the other point. thing that's not good about them is, is in addition to the fact that they're flavored and kids can have way more access to them than they've ever had, uh, is is also the fact that the um, the actual juice, Wes, is mm-hmm. is is on a gradient from like two milligrams to like thirty. 
And so if you get the really strong stuff, like the 20, basically anything that's like over eight is way stronger than a cigarette. A cigarette is like, what, five milligrams of nicotine or six? And and so the thing is, is you do, you smoke them less often throughout the day if you're a smoker and then you switch to vape and it's like, oh, this thing's 10 milligrams and I can smoke it whenever I want. More often. Yeah. Yeah, And so you're doing it more often. So you're still catching up. So you're, you're not, there are benefits in the sense that you can use them to wane yourself off cigarettes that like eventually that's what I did with it. Yeah. But for, there was a minute there where it was like, I was way more addicted to that than I was to cigarettes. And then Mm -hmm. I realized that and I like force myself to stop stop completely yeah, yeah but um it was definitely i experienced that personally and i understand like and that was when i was in my like mid to late 20s mm-hmm. you know not and that's not when i was 16 years old yeah thinking that you're gonna live forever yeah you know and you could do whatever you want yeah, yeah. which is what every 16 year old thinks <sighs> yeah someone wow. said we're, we're talking about it and someone was like um they're like, man, that's really scary. I I almost would rather smoke cigarettes because I know what chemicals are in there than smoke <laughs> vape. And that was just like, yeah, okay, that's, that's okay why. well. At least I know there's rat poison <laughs> in my cigarette. <laughs> there's a whole list. You can look it up of all the, I mean, you've seen it. You, if you went to high school health class, you've seen yeah. it. That's like there's so-, so many chemicals. And no matter what. I would rather smoke vape if I had to have a nicotine addiction than yeah. a cigarette. Yeah, I, th- I don't think there's any doubt that there's more chemicals they're in infinitely cigarettes. healthier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I would say they're but infinitely they're... more addictive as well because yeah. they're easier to use. Yeah, and th- so that's so, the thing. That's, that's the are they are they as dangerous? If it's if it's more addictive, there's easier access to it. You could you, the nicotine that you intake is higher. So, does that compensate for the fact that yeah, you you yeah. you know, cigarettes are you might use them less, but it's, I don't, and I don't think I think you're right. The data is yeah. not out there yet, but like I think we can all agree, these products are bad for people. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, and you can choose to use them. That's your personal choice, and we shouldn't prohibit people that are of age. Yeah. To be able to do that, but like, you know, once we, again, it's a collective punishment thing. Still, yeah. It's it's you one, don't want to make a law that's you, a collective punishment. Yeah. It's that's like ninety nine percent of law abiding users are punished because of, and in this case. Point oh 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 one percent are potentially suffering critical yeah. Yeah. health effects. You know, so who knows? What's what's your brother's plan of action now? I mean, like this this is going to be a major hit to his his business. Yeah, it would be huge. I mean, yeah. it would basically it would mean that they either dissolve the business. Well, they take I the- believe. I mean, I've, I haven't talked to him specifically regarding that, but they dissolve the business. Or they switch over to, I guess, what regulated just tobacco flavor? No, that's going to be because it's still it. a yeah. flavor. It's they still add the flavor just like tobacco. they do. They just take the flavor to- out of it, right? Well, no, they and add it. Just tobacco. Hot steam. It's just hot steam. But <laughs> no, no, no. Look, the FDA know. is currently <laughs> finalizing its guidance to remove all non-tobacco flavors, including mint and methanol. You see, that screams tobacco lobbyists Menthol. to me. Let's just make the only flavor that vape vape users are allowed to vape. Tobacco flavor, the flavor of our products. Oh yeah, that seems a bit bad. I mean, the thing is, honestly, I feel like you could make an like using this kind of stuff. They're they're going against flavored vape products for. I think you could make like a pretty like the same argument to ban Fortnite with. You know, <laughs> I love that. You know what I mean? Like if you, you can just remix them a little bit and basically say the same thing. This is why wow. we should ban Fortnite. I, I expected you guys <laughs> to be a little bit more in favor of this. I'm not gonna lie. Have you I, guys, I think it's great that you, you that you. I'd much rather just re, uh, federally raise the smoking age to 19 and uh, call it a day. Yeah, I mean it's 21 in California. Sure. I think that should be the case across the board. Smoking, especially at early ages, 
It's extremely addictive. The first cigarette yeah, that yeah. I had, I was 12 years old. Wow. You know, did like, you just want to do it? Like, yeah, I thought we thought it was cool. Yeah, you know, we were like, "Hey, I was still on you candy whole, cigarettes, you man." Stole some camels <laughs> uh, yeah, from your from your dad or whatever, and we'd sneak out into the woods and we'd smoke them. And basically, you get high because yeah. they're so strong and you're so young. Yeah, and that that incre- that it creates this. But again, we we were kids. It's not like we went and bought them from somebody that was eighteen. Yeah. Though I used to buy them when I was eighteen for <laughs> my friends in high school. But we would steal them from older people, you I know. Just don't, I don't, so you're not going to prevent all of it ever. Like your first puff of a cigarette was had to been gross. Yeah, it was. Disgu- I coughed. I hacked because you don't know how to smoke. You <laughs> yeah, just, you just inhale yeah. this huge whiff of of like really intense chemical smoke, and then you cough it all up, and then and then basically thirty seconds later you're like, whoa, you know, <laughs> I've got. So is that is that the the. Is that what you're chasing after that that feeling? Yeah, that's that's what every that's, nic- like, that's what that's what nicotine addiction yeah. is. Is is it's like there's that tiny dopamine feed in your brain mm-hmm. that and you never I don't think you're ever quite over it because there's still times I mean I haven't the last time I had a cigarette was when we were in the desert, mm-hmm. like in May. And mm-hmm. and I still and I before that it was like I don't even remember it was a couple you know, like yeah. a month or two. I I've maybe had like ten this whole year. And I still get that craving sometimes, mm. and I, and all I do is say, okay, this will pass. I know it'll pass. Yeah, and you just wait. Like even yeah. right now, just talking about it, I want, I is want it? a cigarette. Yeah, why not? Yeah. You but, never lose it. Yeah, but oh man. Um, and anytime I watch anything with like a like it said in like World War One or World War Two, where everyone's just like chilling and smoking stoves, <laughs> I'm like. I want to be like the boys. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. hand me one. <laughs> I mean, that's why Bollywood is all over that cigarette lighting. All it's those so trick funny. shots of trick, just like trick shot cigarette lighting. How crazy. Anyway, light your cigarette. But yeah, they're so, using this kid right here as kind of like the, uh, I guess, the catalyst to the whole situation. Uh, the one that said, he, I guess he's like 18 and he says he doesn't know if his lungs will ever be back to 100%. Yeah. But he seemed to have done like, uh, nicotine and thc products so it's a mixture mm-hmm. of both yeah and then i think that this like like yeah. you guys were saying earlier that this article's failing to realize that the death cases could have been more likely caused by this cut black market thc yeah. vape yeah. which is a totally separate thing could have been i mean we yeah, don't know really we I don't, don't think, know so. but yeah so yeah. i think there's a couple things we shouldn't be making reactionary laws obviously yeah. too soon but also we should we should wait and f- f- do do a little bit more health research, and then also, you know, I think we can all agree that this isn't great for anyone yeah. to do these products. Yeah, but it's your choice. We can't take yeah, that away I think from people. That's the thing. Like, I think putting maybe the money that they're going to put into all this legislation into educating teenagers more about yeah. what it actually does to you and Dude. how how those chemicals can affect your brain. That's before the thing about kids, man, kids. I know. Kids well, do what they listen. want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could lay out all the rules you want. You said you started smoking you could, at twelve, and nobody could yeah. tell you anything different. Yeah, yeah. I Doesn't mean, matter how many yeah. freaking like rap PSAs you make about vaping, they're still gonna vape. I think actually the the, the law should <laughs> be that that they make all the flavors way more lame. Like, oh yeah, what, what yeah. Sazzleberry twist. Honestly, what like, it really no, takes, no, no. what it flavor, yeah. what it really takes is you need at that age, <laughs> shit flavor. <laughs> That's Wait, 
Can we have your brother make that? Make I, I think remember that Nathan for You episode where, yes, that, that yes. where he makes yes. flavored frozen yogurt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this will bring the customers in because they want to try the outrageous flavor. What was that Nathan show? Nathan for yeah. You. Oh, yeah. you seen that episode. It is so, that's one of my favorite shows. I died. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's Dude. funny. I think what it really takes, though, at that age, when you're 12, 13 years old, is you need somebody that you look up to to tell you that it's not cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, because that's, that's that's, those are the only people you're like, yeah, I want to be like those musicians, yeah. man. I want to be like this person, man. You know, that's how I was anyway. Was exactly. Like, you self-identify with all these like artists and figures in pop culture that you think you want to be like, and then you become an adult and you're like, wait a minute. Jimi Hendrix was a great guitarist, but he was actually kind of a loser in the sense of like the way that he performed his life. Yeah, and then mm. you see like they died. He did a ton of drugs and heroin. He did a ton of drugs and heroin and then he overdosed. He, he beat all his girlfriends. Yeah. And he was a fantastic guitarist, and that's why you look up to him, but like I really at the same took, time. I really took Dare seriously. Really? Yeah, Dare? I did. Yeah. I saw a cop smoking a cigarette and I was like, yo, Whoa. he's breaking the law. I, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you just told me not to. Yeah. <laughs> I that was, was that the kid. Yeah. No, I, I feel that, man. I mean, I mean, back to the topic of our first cigarette. Like mine was when I was visiting my family overseas in Belgium. Yeah. My, my cousin, she rolled up. She rolled up because you can buy them there at those stuff. little those little markets oh, when you're like 14. That was also my first beer. We went to a vending machine, got a got a tall boy. Yeah, <laughs> wow. a vending machine in Belgium. How old were you? I was like 14. Jeez, that explains man. it all. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I felt so bad after I hit that cigarette for the first time. You're After like, I coughed my my freaking brain like out, I just I just failed everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy. I'm the I'm the person in the dare poster now. <laughs> like I felt oh, no. so much regret. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that all goes away. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When that dopamine hits. When that dopamine Whoa. hits. Whoa. <laughs> no, it was that's a memory I will always have. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> With that, guys, I think we need to vaporize ourselves onto the next topic which is today's sponsor mac weldon all about him right now and now it's time where i tell you guys about today's awesome exclusive sponsor mac weldon that's right and before you go anywhere before you try to skip ahead i just want you to know that this shirt that i'm holding in my hand has real silver in it that's right real silver and well that is also just a super classy way to live your life with the clothes that you put on your body. It's also because silver has natural antimicrobials in it, and it also helps regulate your body temperature a little bit better than just pure cotton. Also, it makes a more durable shirt. It just makes a better shirt overall. Um, now, if you guys don't know about Mack Weldon, they are a premium men's essentials brand, and they believe in a couple basic fundamentals. Number one, make sure that the designs of your products are smart, sleek, and simple. Number two, make sure that you use premium fabrics in all of your products. And number three, make that shopping experience easy and convenient for the people that want your products. It's pretty simple. And that's what I love about this sponsor is that their entire philosophy is like, hey, we're selling a t-shirt, okay? We're not we're not going to put a bunch of crazy designs on it and try to make it all flashy. No, what we're going to do is we're going to deliver a durable product that's going to make you feel great 
and look great, and it's going to be reliable every time you go and get it. Nothing is worse than when you find that perfect shirt or that perfect pair of pants or that perfect pair of boxers, and you can't find another one just like it. Now, you might even go out, buy the same thing, but guess what? The shirts don't feel the same. I've had this happen to me. I, I, found, I found my favorite shirt, and then all of a sudden I went out and I bought a bunch more of them because I really liked this shirt. Guess what? They didn't fit the same. They didn't look the same. They didn't feel the same. All of that is now solved with Mack Weldon. They're going to give you that consistency, they're going to give you that durability, and they're going to give you that great feel that you have when you put on your favorite t-shirt. So if you guys are interested in getting 20% off your first purchase, go to MacWeldon.com and just use the promo code CORDORCAST, and that's exactly what you'll do. And I got to say, I've been wearing this shirt all day. Man, I look better than I probably should. So huge thanks to them for sponsoring today's episode, and let's get back to the CORDORCAST. Wow. Now that you know that... Wow, I hope amazing. you are already on their site. Really nice. Wow, where did we all go? We all like <laughs> blinked out of existence. Now we're back. Here we go. All right. Um, cool. Good um, okay. Well, moving on in the news. Uh, like I said, it's been an interesting week. Um, uh, we've we talked about this in the past. We've talked about Uber. We've talked about Lyft. Mm. We've talked about the quote unquote gig economy. Well, uh, the California legislature this week passed a bill that would require companies like Uber and Lyft to treat contract workers as employees, which would obviously reshape the gig economy um, and uh, adds fuel to a years-long debate over whether the nature of work has become too insecure. Mm -hmm. Um, So all that basically has to happen from this point is Governor Newsom has to sign it to law. Um, and and then, he's, he said he's going to. He said to. he's going to um, yeah. basically next week. And then it's going to affect up to 1 million workers in California. Now, this, this doesn't just apply to Uber and Lyft. Here. Is, is this, this the this, first in the world? I think maybe. I, 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 I can't, I can't it, speak to that. Yeah, maybe it's not first, but it's, but it's first, first I've heard of it. First, in the first I've heard of it in the U.S. So this is going to affect, obviously, ride hailing. It's going to affect, obviously, food delivery, Postmates, et cetera, mm. Uber, Uber Eats. Um but also things like janitorial service, uh, nail salon workers, possibly construction workers, possibly oh, wow. all kinds of contract workers um, could could now all be reclassified potentially as employees, depending on you know how the I mean, how the courts classified as like contractors, oh, contractors, yeah. Um, so the difference is so th- just to speak real quickly to, to that. Um, Basically, there's a there's a couple different ways you can look at this, but generally the law looks at it as follows: if if you're you're a contract worker, if you uh, have your own business, um, you make your own hours, and you um, like generally do things that are outside of the scope of the normal course of business that you're contracting with. That's the general general gist of it. Mm. If you you're an employee. If you are exclusive to one company, uh, you uh, you don't make your own hours. You work within the normal course of business for a company, um, and uh, you basically work at their. They say, "Hey, we'd like you to work on this." You work on it. You don't mm-hmm. make the decision. You're like, "Okay, this is what I've been hired to do," yeah. um, and that's basically the gist of it. Now, there's a lot of gray area in there, and so my quick analysis of that isn't necessarily like. 100 percent yeah but at the same time that's a good that's a good basic understanding of it and so these economies specifically yeah are are these are these there's a couple questions that come to mind are these employees 
So you're an Uber driver. Are you an employee? Uh, also, is the is the nature of your work structured in such a way that's like that? Um, is Uber a tech company or a transportation company? That's a huge question. Yeah. Or are they both? I feel like they're both. For um, sure. And then also, uh, uh, like, is the nature of the industry such that like this is a new and different industry? Mm. And you know, this is this is a difficult thing and I'm not surprised in any way that California is taking this step because obviously it's a very liberal, very progressive state. And so for them to look at this and say, We're just gonna make we're just gonna force companies to make all these people employees. I don't know if that's the right call, honestly. Um I do understand like there's very good grounds for it, but like man, it's a that's a yeah. huge call. This is a nasty to be made by a bunch of people that don't work in those industries who have yeah. no idea what yeah. it's like to and, be and, and that digging. just yeah. yeah so i would just honestly first off before i say anything too and before we get any further here if you work for uber or lyft or anything or if you if you if you ever use these apps to you know bring uh passengers around leave a comment with what you think about this below because i would really yeah. like to get more firsthand context yeah. for this with that being said, there's a lot of really real. This is once again another like wacky ass law situation. A reactionary here. law. Another yeah. reactionary law that's reacting to two things. I think it's reacting to um, the reality that Uber and Lyft drivers and people who are using these ride sharing apps, meal delivery apps, anything which are these semi decentralized uh, labor apps is basically what I see here. It's a it's a reaction to the to, to the reality of that, um, which is that after expenses and costs, um, most drivers are generally working uh, for less than California minimum wage. A lot of uh, there was a study that was done last year. Basically, uh, it was nine dollars and seventy two cents an hour is what Uber drivers make after vehicle after expenses yeah. wow. because they're handling their gas, they're handling their upkeep of the vehicle, depreciation, lease, mm-hmm. or uh, annual payment or, or monthly payments. Uh, they're also handling insurance, mm-hmm. cleaning fees, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. there are exceptions where I think Uber will cover the cleaning fee, blah, 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 if there's an unruly passenger. But the main thing is, is that these costs are being built into it, and Uber knows that. Uber and Lyft know that people are paying these costs, and they still of course, will pay them a certain rate. Yeah. Now, you can think, all right, well, this is a reaction to basically them creating um, an unsustainable uh, business model, which is true. Uber lost five billion dollars last quarter. Everyone knows that this is all this is coming to an end somehow because this is the, the, the thing is is that the Uber drivers are not being paid with the the money the passengers are giving them. Yeah. They're being paid with the money the investors in the company are giving them. That's where the, that because it's an un, it's currently unsustainable. They're not making profits. Right. It's so just, there's so, a churn going on. But there's yeah. a lot of stuff happening here, and so I think this is honestly a very, from an emotional standpoint, a lot of this I think is a big reaction to that, which is simply they aren't paying them up. They, it, like it's it's any anyone who gets like what I'm like, I don't know what an Uber paycheck looks like, but when you first get it, you're probably oh great bunch of money. And, you know, you don't, you know, the whole budgetary work doesn't go, oh, I need to put it into a car. Oh, I need to put into this. So I can understand why a lot of drivers yeah. aren't immediately, like, soured by the amount of money they're getting. But when you look at it on, on paper after the fact, it's like, no, you, 
you should honestly probably work at McDonald's and you'll be much better off. Well, and, and wow. more stable because like a lot of these drivers I talk to, I always strike up a conversation when I'm in an Uber and like mm-hmm. ask about their job because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. It's like if they are full time, then they are very, very strategic about when they drive. They're always trying to get like the most, you know, prime times with the, what do they call the surge prices? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's like, it's like almost like, like trading in the stock market. You always have to be vigilant of like, what, where's there a, an event going on in the city that I can like be at, like at? Yeah. Well, so that's get what that taxi surge. companies did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's the well. same thing, but like, yeah. it's a lot of research on their part. But all that for not even $10 an hour. Like I can see why maybe they'd be may- pushing for more, more money. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure the yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily the drivers that are pushing for this. Yeah, um, I don't have much context. So yeah, but, but from I, I don't, seeing this and from seeing what you were saying, it seems like that would be beneficial to them, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, so the, there's other options. Okay, so I've got two more points I need to touch on um, that are I think really, really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, another point here is yeah, the driver's perspective here. Um, I don't know how, once again, and, and, and not to say this in a dismissive way, but I don't know how relevant this is to the bigger picture. Mm. Let's say like whether drivers support it or not, because I think ultimately what this really does mean is that a bunch of Uber drivers are about to get cut. You know what I mean? Like there's, they can, they can barely afford paying the current workforce out there. And this is going to cut that into a fraction of it. So if you're a driver who does support it, there's a pretty good chance that you're not going to be able to get work through Uber soon because yeah. they're going to basically limit who can log into the app and make sure that when you're when you are using Uber you can't use Lyft. You can't yeah. you can't have multiple apps open at the same time mm-hmm. so because you are being employed currently you're on the clock. Right. Um, which is something that contractors are allowed to do. Contractors yeah. are allowed to do that. Um and that's another thing most of these drivers I talk to do both. Like of course. <laughs> it's like they have to. Yeah. Know? All right. So I have one more point, but if you guys have any thoughts right now, oh please, I'd love to open it back up because well, I, I don't want to ramble too long. Well, well, I feel like it, your points have been contextualizing this every single step for me. So, okay, what, what, what's the last? It's just element like of this? The, the person right. who wrote this and introduced it to the California legislator just basically is running it on the presumption that this 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 quote here. Let's be clear: there's nothing innovative about underpaying someone for their labor. That's now. I want to take that and just make a comment on that real quick. Like, this is voluntary work by people that are seeking to employ themselves in a way that's never existed before. Mm-hmm. Now, at no point ever before could you be like, hey, I own a car. I'm going to sign into this app. I'm going to go out. I'm going to connect with somebody that needs a ride, and I'm going to make money. Now, if you get paid 10 bucks an hour to do that, like that is your choice. Now you might say, Hey, there's not a lot of work that I can get otherwise. Um, maybe I don't have a GED or high school diploma and this is what I'm doing. Um, you might say that this industry is creating a gig economy overall. That's in, in disrupting people's ability to find more legitimate work. Uh, that's maybe a true employment with benefits and things like that. But at the same time, this is this is voluntary decisions being made by people to go out and do this work. And it's a good stopgap for people that maybe have just lost their job or it's a good stopgap for people that are just looking to pick up a few extra bucks. And now you're you're taking all of that and you're saying you're just taking a huge blanket statement about this whole industry and you're just saying now 
this is an employee employee employer relationship and it needs to be classified as such mm-hmm. and i just based on purely on the presumption that these drivers are getting screwed and that the companies are running away to the bank under the guise that they're tech companies and not transportation companies mm-hmm. yeah and and that seems like it's very it's it seems very emotional it doesn't seem like it's made with any sort of like sense or yeah. um or uh, understanding of what the actual companies and what the actual drivers and what the actual people that are involved in that on a day-to-day basis actually think it seems like it's just like well they're not getting 15 bucks an hour so they're obviously getting screwed let's yeah. change this now yeah. and let's change it in a huge well, way that's going to affect millions of people i'm not mad at this the idea of structure of course you know what i'm saying i'm not mad at that but it definitely i agree it seems like it's an emotional move based on assumptions and people they don't actually know yeah it's like definitely it's like trying to like fix your macbook with a with with a rock you know it's like saying <laughs> look at these old laws that have defined how our employee employer economy has worked for a hundred years and then a macbook comes along and like they're banging their stones tools together and a macbook comes along and they're like i don't know how to handle this thing and they bash it because this concept of contractors and w-2 employees and this whole yeah. legal framework for how business is operated for decades just it's like doesn't functionally fit into this situation and other it people not. have yeah. approached this in much smarter ways because honestly what they are doing by passing this is they are it, it this sets precedent to destroy the internet and i'm like i'm not lying like yeah we're yeah. making a YouTube video right now. This is going up on Apple Podcasts, but it's also going on YouTube. Yeah. And right now we are voluntarily putting videos yeah. as a business onto YouTube to make AdSense and ad money from right. us. Okay? So are we employees of Google now? Because we're part of Google's actual business, yeah. that their ad business. Yeah. We, we are now crucial members of their functioning ad business, all right? And we are doing this for hours a day, full-time, uninterrupted, exclusively, all right? So... With that in mind, now suddenly um, Google owes us a W-2 at the end of every year, okay? Mm -hmm. Based off of this, okay? Every single thing you see here, uh, Instagram or people on Facebook, anyone making video for like ads on it, this, this, the ripple effect of this decision here has the, has the potential to destroy a lot of things. And I think it's really stupid because of that. So unfortunately, it's like, you know, it's, it's. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a rock with your high tech object, man. It's like yeah. it's yeah, it is yeah. just it's not, not a smart. It's decision. not the right tool to solve the problem. I don't think. Yeah, and, and um, I think that that's that's it. That's just it, Sam. Is like this this industry specifically, uh, and you can apply the same thing to what we do for a living. Yeah, these industries have never existed before. The traditional um, frameworks of employment don't don't necessarily apply to these, you know. And the whole question of like whether Uber is a tech company or a transportation company, I think is 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 a is an irrelevant question. Yeah, it's, it's Uber. Yeah, it's know? Uber. Like, and, and it's it, not like the first transportation company that arose. They were like, guys, is this a wheel company or a wagon company? What do we do? <laughs> yeah, you know? you know. I'll tell you what you actually. But here's the well, thing: you can't actually say what to do. But okay. What, what do you they, think? Oh, no, no. I mean, I was just going to say a really dumb analogy to add to that. But I want a dumb I, analogy. Oh, oh, oh do, do chickens have skin or feathers? <laughs> right, yeah. So that, yeah. Which one? Choose. Exactly. Oh, choose. Exactly. Uh, I think both. they have both. They have both. Oh. They have both. 
Yeah. And how do you? Well, you can't ask. That's cheap. That's so cheap. <laughs> but that's the point. Like they, they, <laughs> they, uh, they're applying this framework to something that doesn't need it. It's like the same yeah. thing when people started making YouTube videos and in internet videos. They were like, "Is that television or is that movies?" Yeah. It's not. It's internet. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, I mean, so here's the thing. There are actual steps you can do to solve this issue. Uber has proposed some. New York City's already passed some of this stuff. And there's a couple in between that have been discussed but not implemented. All right? So first off, New York City, basically, uh, I think it's $26 an hour minimum. Wow. Basically, they're guaranteeing for Uber drivers. They make sure Uber has to pay at least this level because that's the that's the level at which you it, need, you need to, make a living to actually yeah. like make any semblance of a living. Yeah. It's not the best. But once again, it prevents people from falling into that like, oh, the ex- drowning in the actual vehicle expenses and stuff not actually making a living. Mm-hmm. Um, El, Mon- El Monte, California, 15 miles east of us right now, that city passed a $30 an hour Uber oh, wow. minimum. Wow. So so once again, these 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 measures not necessarily the most nuanced, but they're but they seem like wildly nuanced when it comes to this conversation where you, all right, let's let's just address this company and this gig industry concept a little more specifically. Car companies need to at least guarantee these minimum wages when they are on the clock. We're not classifying them as one thing or another, but we're just making sure people are having enough to cover their expenses and still make a little bit of money on the side for their living. It almost seems... Sorry, go ahead and finish. So that's step one, all yeah. right? And I think California could have done something like that, and it would have solved, eased everyone's pains. The drivers would be better off. Lyft and Uber would still have be able to operate in a normal way, and this won't set a nasty legal precedent for all other semi-decentralized labor networks. Okay? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I 100% agree. And this this sort of blanket approach, it, it, it like the one function perhaps that the California legislature could have served here was to say like, okay, maybe you guys have a minimum, right? Because the whole thing of why people were attracted to Uber and Lyft in the first place is because it was way cheaper than a taxi and it was way easier. The reason why it was way cheaper than taxis is because it was subsidized. They weren't actually operating at the... It was subsidized yeah. by the capitalists who invested yeah. into it. Yeah. It wasn't actually representing the actual cost of that service, mm-hmm. which is what taxi companies were doing. And so people used it because it was used technology and all this and that. And exactly like Sam said, maybe the best place is for, for the government to step in here would be to just say, okay, here's the minimum that you guys have to charge. Everything else you can be as is right now but just applying this blanket yeah. law yeah. it's going to stifle the economies and then there's already people are already so it's already so hard to find a real like good job here in California yeah. that like you're just further in the population increase and like now there's this housing crisis it's like you're just exacerbating the problem. You're not solving anything. Exactly. Just, and you're just going to drive all the companies who try to do anything like this in the future to other states. And another really simple solution, though, I think they could add here, which is a little is very nuanced, but completely possible. All you need to do for these rideshare apps is basically tally up monthly um, hours, uh, bringing passengers from point A to point B, and basically apply that to the monthly premiums that they're paying for car insurance as a percentage mm. where Uber will pay them that as well. Mm. Yeah, and, but some and, sort of nuance like that could and like, be... But, yeah. the mo- but the thing is, is that, but that's also like the truth. You, 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 yes, you are... Technically, the client is, um, um, I guess, the passenger in these, these business transactions, but Uber as a liaison is the guarantee, basically, the guarantor or whatever, yeah. that the service will be provided to the client and that the um, the client's uh, uh, money will go to 
the the uh, I guess the driver, the driver yeah. basically. So so they do have a responsibility to guarantee a safe and successful trip. And so that's like the very very that's like the smallest step they could do is basically just pay for a portion of the car insurance while used on the clock. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak to whether or not that I'm not an Uber driver, but like I think that's not a bad idea and I think that there's a failure here to to actually sit down with the people that are involved and really get real yeah. intel on it. I, I I totally agree. I think that's the ultimate thing here. It's like no one is talking about this in a productive way and this is basically classic California lawmakers just just wrapping stuff up in red tape. Without bringing any nuance it to it, it up and kicking it into the I mean, well. I feel like it's so been putting it into the band bucket going on yeah. for a while. <laughs> the though, band you know, like taxi drivers, they yeah, they yeah. have this underlying beef with, you know, Uber and Lyft, and I know just in New York in general, like um, in, in terms of catching a ride, they'd rather me ride with them than catch an Uber or Lyft. So I feel Definitely. like this is something that's been, you know, brewing for a minute. So yeah, possibly you know the taxi driver companies got together and were like yo like do you think this was like taxi legislation taxi lobby i feel like it is you know what i mean big taxi big taxi yeah i I think yeah big taxi should have probably made an app (laughs) you know but that's the thing i think that that's what this is honestly heading towards though either way it's like we are heading towards a situation when um the actual price of uber uh, becomes back to equal with the actual price of taking a cab somewhere and it all kind of evens out. And like, I think there will be a, it'll be net lower because I think the concept of the Uber app is a cost saver when it comes to just the efficiency of picking people up and delivering them mm-hmm. and finding work. Right. But ultimately, um, it's, it is about making sure that people are getting a, 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 a fair wage. Yeah. And cr- the taxi companies provided that to their drivers and Uber um, isn't doing that them. currently. Yeah. But, there... but it's, it's, it has been, it's been moving towards that for like the last few years. Uber's prices have been going up yeah. because of the fact that they're realizing, hey, we're losing money, we're not making a profit. All these subsidized rides are starting to kind of like, the, the initial hype's over. They're, you know, they're probably looking to sell right now or be acquired by another bigger tech company. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I, mean, I don't know. As a consumer, I would be willing to pay a couple cents more if it meant that the drivers could remain free agents in a way I, and, I, and also make more money. Like, I, it's so convenient. That I, convenient I would be willing yeah. to... Yeah, you know, I, well, I think the reality is that we're not going to have a choice and yeah, we will have to be paying definitely. more. <laughs> well, c- currently... It's coming. Well, sorry, yeah. if this gets signed into a law, we're going to pay significantly more gotcha. and it'll make taxis pretty competitive again. Well, right. Well. Yeah, and that is a... Wes, you're definitely right. The, the taxis failed to take advantage of a market opportunity. Big time. The, the big time. Yeah. And and Uber and Lyft took advantage of that. Uh, the same thing happens in every industry. When an industry gets too old and calcified, there's somebody else that comes along yeah. and disrupts it. And that's great. And we don't want to have the old calcified industries prohibiting the people from coming up, much like all the car companies have done, much like a bunch of other industries have done. Um Oh yeah, it's happened all yeah. throughout history, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's bad. Yeah. Um, so you need to allow these new people to come in and thrive. You have to. Um, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting thing because yeah. when you th- to take it to take this conversation in slightly new direction to look at people like us who make a living, if if making videos, if Google was to tell us, okay, you guys are employees now, and you now. Sorry, we don't want to do this, but you now have to decide. You kill the entrepreneur. Hey, Mac yeah. Weldon, or hey, or hey, 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 Jake, you got to take that shirt off. 
Why? You're, you're, yeah, dude. you're competing with Google's ad network. Oh, oh Sorry. Right. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your CPM's going to be a little yeah. bit higher, so, I mean, it's okay. Yeah, no, so, yeah, that's the thing. It's exactly. like, now we can't post yeah. videos on Facebook. We can't post videos. We can't post audio-only podcasts on yeah. a bunch yeah. of other podcast platforms. It has to be on Google Podcasts, and we can only post on YouTube. And God and forbid we're now they W2s. <laughs> and God forbid they want the IP to everything too. You know? Right, and then right. yeah, and that's the thing now is you now that you work for us. By the way, everything you, you make post. is ours, and yep. and and you can only get paid from us. You can't take your own integrations. Everyone would leave. And they, and like, literally, creators would go and start their own. Back to television. New, Back to Netflix. I mean, like, TV could yeah. lobby for that. Yeah. But creators at this point, I think, are powerful enough where we could go and create our own networks. Yeah. You, I mean, the, 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 true loop, the true loophole for that is you just make an ad free network where it's just like, no one, there's no exchange of money here, basically. Vimeo like, steps out of the shadows. Vimeo <laughs> steps out of the shadows and, like, <gasps> God. How do you run that? Well, you just there's dude, no such thing as an ad free. We, we're gonna have to wear like six layers of these shirts. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> dude, we just walk around and forget. Just thick, the thickest boys. Like, dude, look how sponsored that guy is. I'm sponsored by so six sponsored. different sponsored manswear companies. Yeah, you just wear a white t-shirt with little embroiderments oh, all over it. Dude, it could finally. Dude, we'll get you a Squarespace patch. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So So that's idiocracy. So So that wouldn't be good for, for what we do and it wouldn't be good for people that watch. It wouldn't be good for the creators and man, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think that this will happen, but this could potentially be perceived, perceived as precedent. Wait, actually, you know what? No big deal. You know why? Because in a few years there'll be robots driving those cars anyway. True. Damn. Man. Damn, son. <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore history then. Hardcore history. <laughs> hey, it's like history. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, the last topic, uh, guys, Sam almost forgot yesterday that it was 9-11. I almost forgot yeah. oh, for the um, first time. I was very busy and tired. Yeah, Dude. everyone's busy. Everyone's <laughs> tired. Remember, there's no excuses. December seventh. There's no excuses. If anyone and out there forgot 9/11, that, for, guys. If anyone out there, if you're if you're listening Wait, right now what? and you did not remember or you forgot oh, that man. it was nine eleven. Mm. Sorry, um, I, I just heard George Washington turning slowly. It was like a grinding. Did you sound. hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was mm-hmm. a slow grind. So anyways, so it was nine eleven yesterday. There you go. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, yeah. now uh, just to set the table straight. Yeah, so that was eighteen years ago. Eighteen wow. years ago. That's crazy. <sighs> yeah, that's crazy. Who else remembers that vividly? Everyone, yeah. everyone, everyone that's over the age of like twenty five. I feel bad for the people who like weren't uh, alive. When that happened, well, just let's talk yeah. about Peter for a second. Okay, they could we because <laughs> do you remember man. that version of America that was super dope where gas was ninety cents a gallon? Yeah, dude, yeah. I remember it was seventy seven cents a one gallon. Time. And wow. remember how you could just like roll in the airports anywhere you wanted to go dude. and just walk up to the terminal and yep. say, "Hey, and hug yeah. someone who got off the plane." I'm yeah, good. <laughs> that was good times. That's pretty crazy. It was like it was like a true utopia. Yeah. Well, so that's so like that's what I want to talk about. Ha, ha, in in have we, where have we improved as a nation, and where have we gotten worse? Because of nine eleven. Yeah, I like oh. it since nine yeah, eleven. It's a big. It can be anything. This is an open topic. I think everyone got way more cynical. 
yeah. after 9-11. So I don't think that's an improvement. That's a bad thing. Mm. Cynical how? Just in general. I like, I mean, I mean, do you think we're even yet? They killed like 2,000 of us. How many of them did we kill? Oh, we've definitely killed way more yeah, of them. Dude. So, so whatever ratio is that is, I'm just kidding. Wh- what's the ratio where we're, we can call it quits? Yeah. 10 to 1? Well, that's not really what 21? it's about, though. You know, that's not really anyway, what that, our involvement I mean, is about. Just, just a, that was just the cynicism. <laughs> our involvement, just to harp on that a second for a second, Sam, I mean, our involvement overseas at this point, I think, is just to is to promote and to sustain global stability. Yeah. Because if you remove the United States armed forces from the world, the world becomes a very unstable place. Yeah, it does. And, and whether or not like we as Americans want to believe that that's true, that's that's definitely true. It's definitely. A, yeah. It's so weird, man, to think like that that position of I guess power or responsibility or I mean it depends who you ask a lot of I mean most people from other countries would say why the heck are you guys doing that of but course well it's... but all those countries are also saying why the heck are you doing this but then on the other hand they're saying um you have permission to put your base in my country yeah it's the same thing with the with the drug world yeah uh like you, you like the only thing that keeps really bad people from from taking each other out is like somebody else that's standing there between them you know and and it's weird to think about the world on those terms but the world is filled up with human beings and that's how human beings are mm-hmm. yeah you know it's like the simple thing of do you think more people would like shoplift if there weren't security cameras in walmart <laughs> right like, yeah. honestly what do you think it's yeah, like right. probably it's way higher. Would, yeah way more stuff would get stolen right so that's why they put them everywhere yeah, but, and so that's true. Like that's that's I feel like it, I'm actually I feel like the public perception of that has gotten I mean really the public perception of like American b- being bad guys overseas really started with Vietnam, mm-hmm. right? Uh over time though, I feel like that that really wounded the the country I think in a lot of ways, but it's it's gotten better. Well, we, yeah, I think we, like we understand two, collectively then... like what our presence and purpose overseas yeah. is a little yeah. bit more, I think. Uh, but there's also some people that are on. Well, it's all, it's so complex. Like we weren't the first yeah. ones to be over. I mean, the British tore it up over there in Europe, you know, right. Bel- and the Bel- Russians. Belgium. Oh God. Well, don't dude, even start on the Belgians. Dude. The Belgians are well, some that, that was nasty MFers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Congo, the Belgian Congo is like, yeah. Talk about genocide and like horrible things. Yeah. But yeah. the British did a, you know, a number on, you know, Pakistan, Afghanistan, all that. Well, what we called, you know, what those names are all new. Yeah. <laughs> they're not right. like, they're like what? Yeah. yeah, under fifty years old. Yeah. Like, like, and the Russians yeah. were in Afghanistan for a long time. Yeah, the U.S. was not the first in that area no. to uh, yeah. to shake things up and try to hold it down and in their definition of what is a country. You know, yeah. Like, That's so, the other thing know. about it's it is the a... cultural. That it's easy for us to look for people in a first world nation state to look at the rest of the world and be like. That's a first. That's that should be a nation state. The whole concept yeah. of a nation mm-hmm. state. There's just there's a whole different concept of culture in a place like like Afghanistan or Iraq or wherever that isn't the same as here. And I think like we we've gotten a little bit better at at like understanding that. I think as people um, with yeah. with the aid of the internet and with the aid of the information age, I think that actually is a benefit that we've 
I mean, we've become better at since 9 11. I could, I, I feel like I could really touch on this just because my whole life I grew up on a military yeah, base. Yeah, absolutely. Like my entire really? life. So, where? Okinawa, Japan. Wow. Oh. I, I moved there in third grade and I stayed there to my senior high school. Wow. And coming to America was a huge culture shock. So, like, my first, you know, like, you know, being born in California and then moving to Virginia, and North Carolina. Do you speak Japanese well? Enough to get around, but <laughs> not really. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, um, no, it was, it was crazy, you know, like on a military base, you're very sheltered. You're surrounded by a gate. There's military people like Whoa. all the way around. Uh, it's American you, soil, right? It's American soil. But when you go into military base, you have to present your ID. You present your ID with everything. You're shopping at a grocery store or the shop at or the commissary. You have to present your ID. If you don't have your ID, you can't get groceries. Mm-hmm. So when I came to the States, it just felt like a free-for-all out here. I was super wow. intimidated. I was like... Wait, I can't get my my medicine inside the hospital. Like when when you're there, like yeah. I just I just felt safe all the time. I've you know you'd get sick, you go to the hospital downstairs, your medicine is there. Wow. Here, you have to go to like CVS or Walgreens. Uh, in mm-hmm. in Japan, going to the gym, there's no membership fee. There's no paying for that. On. You just go and work out. Is it on the base? Yeah, on the base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was there was so much. There was so much freedom, but there was also so much restriction. You yeah. know, like if I was caught in schools, you know, smoking a cigarette, oh boy, that could potentially get my mom busted down in rank. Really, you know I mean, so like this is re- wow. this is the reason why I was always in line. Yeah, you know, like I don't want to break any rules because being a dependent could affect your parents' job. Yeah. Period. Wow. You know, I've seen different kids get their parents kicked out the military for doing dumb shit. Holy wow. shit! So, Holy cow! Yeah, it's it's. It's just a different world. So, like, the military presence on, or or if you if you messed up out in town, like, you can get your parents busted down in rank. So, you had to be on your P's and Q's literally all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't, I don't think it's bad that we have the military presence um, on these different bases because one, it you know it gives you regimen as a, as a kid, and then when you come out into the real world, I'm. Because I moved around so much, I get along with everyone. There was it was a melting pot of so many different yeah. cultures, and you know everyone is mixed with something different. So there would be a German and Japanese girl that goes to my school, or a Native American and Filipino kid that goes to my school. And then when I come to the states, I'd run into someone that I met on a military base someplace else, and it's like, oh, this is yeah. Like I'm I'm just curious. Like speaking to that, how. Like, is the base on Okinawa, like, an integral part of that island? Like, yeah, Because no, I feel like, like it's there's been there like, for, what, like, there's like years now or something? eight bases. There's, wow. like, eight different bases. So I went to, like, there's two high schools in Okinawa. And, like, the whole island of Okinawa is, like, two hours up and down. Mm-hmm. But there are different military installations there. So I went to elementary school at, on this place called Kinzer. I went to middle school at this place called Lester Middle School. And then I went to high school. There was a, there's one Air Force base there, but majority of them are Marine Corps bases. Um, so I went to the Air Force High School and the Marine Corps High School. And when there's two high schools, that's your rival. Yeah. Right yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> that's your rival. That's it's crazy. like all the functions of society just like boiled down in like this island it's, and yeah. then furthermore into this base. And, like. then, and then you try to identify with what you see on TV. It's so weird. Like yeah. nobody... We, we Everyone would say they're from someplace. Like I would say I'm from New York because that's where my mom's from. But I'm... I'm from Japan, you know, like this is where my prime years were growing up. So like you'd, 
you get these kids that would come from different parts of the states and they'd be like, oh yeah, this is where I'm from, you know, like, and there would be like a weird ass rival, but it's not real. Yeah. We're, we're still, we're military yeah. kids. It's, mm-hmm. know, it's just a different world. Man. So like when 9-11 happened, I moved to the States and the base, the culture of the base, the environment was just completely different after that. You know, like where you could go any place, they were now guys with AK-47s guarding this part of the base. So the base started being partitioned in different wow. ways. Really? Yeah. So And it was crazy. You, you noticed that and all almost over. immediately. 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 Yeah. It was which which base did you, when you moved to the states? Where'd you go? I moved to North Carolina. I moved on to Camp Lejeune, okay. and um, I remember walking into class and seeing the TV, and I thought it was a movie. And then from that point on, everything changed. You know, like it was it was locked down. I think I think they started having like curfew hours on the base. Wow. I I can't really yeah. remember. It's a little bit hazy, but it was it was crazy. So just to just to go back to this, like I guess international presence, um, the basis on Okinawa. Mm-hmm. Those have been there obviously since 1945. Yeah, is are those necessary? In, in as somebody who's lived on them, I mean, I was in the military, so I I don't know. Yeah. You know, like it's it seemed cool, but you know, the, I think they're giving some of the bases back and some of the land back to Okinawa, though. I feel like my middle school base area, they're giving that back to mm-hmm. the uh, Okinawans. Is there a large, I mean, there's obviously a, still population, a large yeah, you know, huge, Okinawan population huge, there. Okay, huge so. population So there. what's that like? What's the, is there a clash of culture? Is it kind of like they've sometimes, integrated? Like, sometimes I'd go, like I remember I went to, I would go to a store and like some people, you know, they kids would steal, but like specifically being black, you know, based off what they see on TV, some of them would just follow you around, you mm. know, like literally like follow you around and make sure you weren't, you know, well, I was following you around anything. the store, like yeah, straight up, like straight up well, observing what you're observing, everything wow. I'm doing. And, yeah. you know, it was, it'd be like older people, but yeah. it, it was crazy, you know, just the stigma of whatever they saw on TV. And they think like, that's, I'm like in fifth grade, I'm just, Looking yeah, for Dragon Ball Z cards, yeah. <laughs> you know. <so>. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where are your Dragon Ball Z cards? Man. Um, yeah, I know that's holographics, yes, man. It, it, it's interesting to think too, and I think this goes back to a little bit of this like reactionary sort of legislation and the, just that that conversation, but just to just to put things into context here, like 1945 was what 74 years ago. That's crazy. Now that's the effects of that time are still very present 74 years later. And so I think it's important to just keep in mind, you know, as like we go through this stuff and like it's 18 years since 9-11 and when we make these decisions collectively with our legislatures and stuff, like think about this. this, These are decisions that were in Okinawa 75 years later still a ton so of the lifestyle it. and the yeah the people that are there are because of decisions that other people made 75 years yeah. ago mm-hmm. it's worth thinking about yeah it's it's pretty insane i mean that sets that sets the stage world war ii and us basically getting footholds in all these other places germany too i mean we still have a yep. huge military presence in germany and, and other places in europe yeah and it's like that's when we really stepped onto the stage is like oh america's now they're going to clean up the mess you know, of World War Two, and then Korea. It was like that was like 
yeah, commies. Like that was the first like Cold War mm-hmm. exchange where it was like kill the commies. Yeah, well, I mean, prevent, and then it all went downhill with Vietnam from there. But but honestly, yeah. I mean, the reason it is the way it is is because I mean, from hardcore history, everything I've garnered, anyways, like hardcore. Um, it you know, end of World War Two, you have the United States and Russia as the technical victors, I guess, if you'd say that, yeah. as far mm-hmm. as like the largest fighting forces, and the two countries approached, um the post-war, I guess, uh, uh, reconstruction in different ways and in different areas where the United States ends up, ends up taking the larger presence in uh, Western Europe and Japan, et cetera, et cetera. And Russia basically, I mean, they're backed up against... the Germ- Germany is like the, the middle ground, so to speak. And so... Literally. And, like, Berlin. Yeah. No, that's yeah. what I'm, I mean, like, yeah, physically. And so it's like you kind of have the United States take that larger responsibility like right off right off the bat there at the end of the war and you know it seems like that kind of has this like ripple effect up until this day where yeah i think know, ultimately we, though we just, it's... you just start doing it and then suddenly everyone turns to you because you're the guy doing it and you're like oh i yeah. didn't realize i was oh you know it's like <laughs> so it's, a, it's a it's a difficult thing especially for the u.s right now because we're in that position where we're we have to remain in that position but at the same time the you know each each individual community, even even to go further down than a national level, each individual community is in in a way needs to be responsible for itself. Mm-hmm. It does, it does. And, and so you have to instill people's, and that comes down to each individual. So you need to instill like this sense of individual ownership of your own actions, but then also make sure that it's still a balanced playing field. It's difficult. Yeah, I think we'll get there, and I think I think a big part of it is looking at how we use social media and I think the the concept of like war has dissolved quite a bit except the only like mm-hmm. the only except for like superpowers basically you know US Russia the concept of war between those two nations that's a that's a pretty traditional war I'd feel like as far as like how it's going to end up being fought if it gets physical but we see like in Afghanistan or like Iraq etc like it's traditional war is I feel like Kind of maybe well, I don't know. Well, even, this is what they said in World War One, but well, because, no, I mean, it's because true. of the concept totally of like how true. information and people connect with each other and talk and why, like, why bring all your guys out in the middle of a field and shoot the enemy when you could hide in a bush and press a button or you could like, get on it's, it's all good. Or create a bunch of Twitter bots and yeah, they influence or, or, an election exactly, and or not even have to fire a gun. Yeah, like, and if you have to fire a gun, just have a robot. Precisely. Um, yeah, a but, drone. But I don't know. Like uh, I forgot what my point was. But, but it, you know, that that social media has. I mean, we'll 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 see if people will get past it. Field. But you know, I feel like a lot. Of, like I, I go back and forth on it. But when you contextualize it with like the post World War II reconstruction and what we look at today, and all that stuff, you know, I think a lot of the people for who, who would be against like the U.S. military bases or like the concept of a U.S. military presence. It's a little bit of like the the, the the angsty teen discovering themselves, you know, and like they're on the verge of getting independence, but are currently still like, oh, I'm yeah. embarrassed because my mom's always following me around trying to make sure I'm safe. You know, it's like kind of, you yeah. know, that's the situation that it became, you know, yeah. Yeah. and well, my- like for better or worse, it's it's like that probably will change. I don't know if we'll have our universal unitary earth government anytime soon but it's it's kind of scary because yeah who knows i mean i think it's going to change definitely i mean because like post-world war ii it was like the u.s was it i mean it still is a joint effort 
the militaries, you know, our military, they do exercises every year with all the, you know, Germany, the, mm-hmm. you know, Scandinavian countries. Mm-hmm. But there's like a big resurgence of kind of nationalism going on right now. So I'm interested to see where that goes and like if the bases are going to get ousted because I feel like now these countries are like, it's kind of like this like weird repeat effect that you see with the immigrant crisis. So mm. we'll see where that goes. But Next time. Yeah, next time. Yeah. Next time. That's on. a whole other topic, yeah, man. That's it's a hardcore topic. podcast. Hardcore podcast. Hardcore corridor cast. Oh, man. That's All right, guys. Well, uh, that was a great podcast. Thank you, yeah. everyone, for contributing. Thank yeah, you guys really for being here. And um, signing out. Peace.